You're listening to the Strange Fruit Podcast. So sit back, grab a beverage as we discuss these topics that deal with black lives on a day-to-day basis. Strange Fruit Podcast. I'm Adrian Neely. Bishop Green in the house. <laughs> and Nikki Brooks. There we go. And um, I, and I think everyone here today is, is very interested about in talking about the church's role in, I guess, policy making. And uh, it's, it's embracing. Is that the right word? Is that the word I'm looking for? Of Donald Trump as as its candidate, I, I, I feel like it's a it's an odd union, and um, I, I wanted to hear your thoughts. Definitely, the two of you, your thoughts on on why it has why they've embraced him so hard, and um, I just I just because it's been something that's uh, kind of a curiosity to me. So I definitely wanted to talk to you guys about it and figure these things out. Well, yeah. I think it's, it, it's definitely puzzling. I mean, when you sit back and, and just look at it, you know, is we're all uh, Christians uh, and we follow the principles of Jesus Christ. You know, it's, you know, coming from a black perspective, you wouldn't think that uh, Christians would behave this way, but, you know, if if you do your research, as we've done, and you get to see some of the things that uh, has happened, and you know they they label it through the through the lamb of Jesus, you know, <laughs> and 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 sell it to you, they rubber stamp it with Jesus, and 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 you know, and that is what they sell it by, and they make it um, they make it acceptable, you know. Uh, for things that they do that may not have anything to do with God. Matter of fact, that's what we're getting ready to uh, expound on and actually um, show you just how sad this thing has gotten. Um, you know, but I can tell you uh, why evangel, uh, evangel, evangel, excuse me, I can't even say it, evangelical, evangelicals. There, there we go. go. Woo! That was hard for me. Anyway, uh, why they why they love him so much. Uh, many of them uh, voted for him uh, uh, roughly, what, 81 to 83% from what I've gathered, uh, voted for him in 2016. And, uh, you know, he's got his, his fans. They basically look up, uh, look up to him as an idol. And, uh, and that's where this whole thing has gotten scary. It's like they are treating him as if he is an idol to worship, you know, and that is just what, what, what it can't be. That's not, that's not Christ at all. You know, uh, he's not the Messiah. He is the president at this current moment, whether, you know, whether he's behaving like one or how we would think he, he, he should behave. Uh, that's not even the point, but, you know, Jerry Falwell, uh, predicting that, you know, many are going to vote for him in 2020. So it might it might be even higher uh, than 83 uh, percent this go around. But, yeah. you know, um, 
the latest fiasco that that happened uh, over last weekend is really, um, I think it set a tone and you now have um, preachers and evangelists uh, on two sides now. Uh, so it may have done some damage because many uh, did not look, you know, in favor or in light uh, of him having protesters pelted with <laughs> Rubber bullets yeah, like and people, tear gas. Like thought, hey, that's kind of mm-hmm. harsh. That's a... Right. I mean, you're going yeah. to a <laughs> church, so let me go ahead and smack a few right. people Protest. along the way while I'm going there. I'll say yeah, let's do that. that. I'll have Barr come out later and say that that didn't go down, and uh, we'll try to make it seem like those protesters were were violent, uh, when in actuality, it was yeah. these protesters gas just so he could make a trip across the street for a photo op. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you got uh, the only black uh, Republican saying otherwise. He 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 said he did it, and uh, mm-hmm. and he said that that didn't help his cause. That didn't help him one bit. Uh, so I mean, if if he's saying it as a part of the Republican Party, you know, I mean, you know, it it happened. You had a military advisor that. Uh, Shut down on them the very next day. Yeah, and uh, uh, I believe so... that military advisor <laughs> actually um, shut down on him because one of his um, one of his men said resigned the, 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 like uh, I believe the day after something like that. It, it was it was really right. interesting. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I. I um. So I, I, you know, as I said before, I grew up, uh, you know, around predominantly white uh, areas. So my childhood was spent, you know, with predominantly white activities. Although I did go to quote unquote black church, I did um, also spend some time in white church, and like most of my friends were Christians. And um, and I, I had this theory, but I also believe this is actually accurate because I also have seen it in uh, globally now where I think people we all take in our religion when we learn it through the lens of who we are you know we think and, and part of the lens of who we are we also take that in through our country so like for instance um, if you notice that Christians who are African, you know, they will talk about a move of God, but they'll be talking about what's going on in Africa. You know, God is doing this in the land. He's doing this in the earth. This is the, you know, but they're basing it off of the events that are happening in their country and they are perceiving God through the lens of what pertains mm-hmm. to them. And I think it's the same in America. We, we perceive God through the lens of what pertains to us and what's true for us. And I think that's why so much so, although, yes, it does derive from slavery, you do have the quote-unquote black church where our lens is very much, has very much been over yonder by and by. God will get you through this. Hold on, stand. Um, And the lens of of white America has been something completely different. Um, It's been what they wanted it to be. We don't see color because this is good for us. This is, you know. And so I think that... um, because of that, because that lens is through what they define America to be, and that God loves everything about them in America, um, it blinds them to their their ideals. Basically, have been mm-hmm. spiritualized, 
And so it blinds them to what their ideals are. And again, you know, I think that that is the core of a lot of it and a lot of the ideals that we do have, whether we like it or not, they are drenched in uh, in supremacy. So, yeah, I think that has a whole You know what? But uh, when it comes to like Trump voters, though, uh, Nikki, here's what I feel. Mm -hmm. And I could be wrong, but here's what I feel. When it comes to Trump voters, you know, at the beginning, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, what we need to do is just educate them, uh, you know, uh, get through to their heads. You know, maybe they had some experiences, um, you know, that, you know, just show show them and illustrate to them that this guy is a bad guy. You know, this guy's this guy's not good. But, you know, as these years have progressed in his, uh, you know, uh, term so far, you're seeing, no, they know exactly, you know, what this commander in chief is like. They know exactly what he's like. They just don't care. They don't care. They just didn't want another politician in the White House. They were so fed up with politicians. They just threw this, this, this TV, this TV personality uh, you know, businessman. That's 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 what he ran it on. You know, he's a businessman. But truthfully, when you sit back and look at it through the years and history of Donald Trump, he's exactly what he said he is. Well, and they put him in. But Bishop, are we sure that they were tired of politicians, or was it a white? I believe it was that, and leadership? I also believe that Donald Trump did something that if you watch people who can seemingly gather. Um, um, people who seemingly kind of sweep people up and up in their their uh, kind of cult of personality. Uh, one thing I noticed about Donald Trump when he first mm-hmm. came out, which is, and this is one of my things that's so weird to me. Why does he have such a, a such a substantial Latinx Hispanic following? Um, but the first thing he did was mm-hmm. he came out and he basically attacked the Hispanic or or Latinx community first. And he blamed Mm -hmm. a lot of Mm -hmm. and and the the group he was trying to speak to at the time was the working kind of like the working poor and mainly the uh, white working poor. Yeah, And one of the first things he did was he was like they're taking your jobs. We've all seen that speech. Where he started with, they're taking your jobs and they're sending all their bad people and they're rapists and you know all this. Um, statistics bear something completely different out. They actually, according to most statistics, commit less crime. Um, the the ones who are who have immigrated over. Uh, but he managed to come out right away and get that group by blaming another group and making them feel less responsible for their own mm-hmm. issues when and, and mm-hmm. talking about we're going to bring coal back when in actuality the people who are losing their jobs <laughs> to uh, in coal losing their coal jobs or losing their jobs due to machinery that made their jobs almost obsolete they weren't they yeah how'd that work out because coal coal mines and coal refinery factories are still closing coal still gone. Closing. Yeah. it didn't work out yeah There's, we, we still have a right. piece of wall which who cares? Uh, in my opinion, I, I mean, I didn't think the wall was, was that big. Mm. El Topo escaped through a tunnel. So if he's really that serious about it, like figure out how to close up some tunnels, you know. Uh, 
if if that was really his thing, but I really don't think that was his thing. I think his thing was, hey, I'm gonna get you guys to to be able to I'm gonna alleviate some of that some of that uh stress on you feeling like you're a failure. I'm gonna blame someone else for your failure. I think he did that. But Nikki um said something interesting because a lot of the pastors who follow him and we just you know when we look back through the lens of uh, white supremacy a lot of the yes. pastors who follow yes. who, who are his most ardent supporters are members of the southern baptist convention and that particular organization has its own problematic or troublesome past because the reason we have a southern baptist convention is because southern baptists in 1845 split from northern baptists over the issue of slavery so mm. you see mm-hmm. and, and two of his most ardent supporters, several of his supporters are in this organization but two in particular are mm. two Dallas area pastors um, Jack Graham who's the pastor of Prestonwood Baptist Church and Robert Jeffress who's probably the more Robert Jeffress. of his uh, supporters mm-hmm. and they're both um, in positions of leadership in the Southern Baptist Convention, right. uh, Jack Graham used to be the president not too long ago. Uh, they both pastor huge churches. The membership of Prestonwood is listed at 45,000 plus. Um, their weekly attendance is about 17,000 people. That's, I mean, Ugh. so you think about that, you think about the influence, that's a lot of influence. When you think about membership, you think about right. how much influence they wield um first baptist dallas according to statistics has about twelve thousand members so that's a lot of people that's a lot of people well i well i know well i know he lost he lost pat uh over last weekend at least yeah, temporarily pat uh pat called pat that yeah he called him out that really like, surprised hey. me. yeah i mean man yeah, that's, I mean, that's man, look, man, too. when you got Jerry Falwell Jr., Pat Robertson, Franklin Graham, Robert Jeffress, uh, to name a few, uh, you know, like you said, uh, leading uh, their flock and, you know, in that manner and, and pushing, you know, uh, his agenda. That is a big that's a big it issue, is. man. And <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I, me personally as a Christian. It really bothers me. It actually angers me to to see uh, people getting led and sold and, you know, and leading them astray when they're coming to you in good faith that, you know, that you lead them closer to Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, you know, and this is the reason why you have so many people that don't go to church, not believing because they're seeing how this is going in some of these mega churches and then, you know, and even small churches. I mean, it, it happens. I've seen it as a preacher's kid. I can attest to uh, a lot of things. It doesn't take a mega church to, to lead people. Oh, most straight. definitely not. It, most definitely not. <laughs> you know, no, if, if not, that man not is, is not God led, right. it, it's going to show in his actions. It's going to show in his words, you know, uh, <laughs> that he, that he gives off. Now I've seen some, some preachers and pastors that weren't worth a flip, but boy, could they give that word? I mean, they could give the word, <laughs> you know. But I mean, once once that word yeah. was given, outside of that pulpit, it just wasn't any power, you know. Um, 
as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, but and- that's not, you know, that's off topic uh, a bit there. But it's very on topic. Well, I think it is, you know, it's very, yeah, it is on topic, you know, because, you know, part of what we were wanting to talk about was the church got right, what the church got wrong. And um, I think that one of the things that we forget, um, and we talked to, I talked about it on the panel that I was just on about um, religion and, and Christ and how we interpret things to our lens. One thing about Christ was that he was a dissenter. And he was a dissenter because he actually really could think critically. You know, when he said things like he who was without sin cast the first stone, um, that was revelation to people that had been told all their lives that God said, this is what you do when mm-hmm. something is wrong. They did not know if mm-hmm. this then that. And so, um, and because he was leading people to think critically um, the church leaders despise them because then that that the reason they despise them is because he was a threat to their power because their power was based off their their power was based off of perceived superiority, mm-hmm. and so um you know as a and a perceived superiority and spirituality, and so yeah I mean he he um they they hated him because mm-hmm. of that <laughs> to the point of death it was the leaders who said he got to go. Because he got these people out here thinking. Exactly. That means we can't tell them anything. Right. And so I think what you see a lot of that to some degree in the church, I do think that, you know, and again, maybe because it just came off a panel with educators, I personally think education has a lot to do with that because children have to be taught how to think critically. Any educator knows this. You have to teach a child to think if this, then that, but not that too. So, because that's a skill that has to be taught. So, if we don't teach children how to do that um, with with critical thinking exercises, they won't learn how to do it. And so, within the church, we definitely do not. We don't actually do Bible study and things. We actually just preach mm-hmm. at people. We do not. Um, we tell people what the word says, but we don't talk about what it doesn't say or what it alludes to. We don't talk about. We don't. In, we don't introduce. So you saying we don't we don't teach how to decipher a lot. No, not at all. And we don't teach how to decipher, how to break things down, how to see stuff. We don't we don't teach that. We say, for instance, we say he who is without sin, let him cast his first stone. Everybody walks away. But we don't go further. Okay, that means that they walked away. That means that they must have felt qualified to take the person's Mm. place. We don't talk about, you know, okay. When everybody has left you, you know, Christ said, go sin no more. All them people drug that lady through the street. And then when she was left, she had to find out what a friend she had in Jesus. We don't decipher things like that. We don't go deep. We say David was a man after God's heart. But we don't look at the fact that all this sin came into his into his house and his bloodline because of the choices he made. You know, we don't look at all of these things. And so I think and oftentimes when we have these teachers and people that rise up within the body of Christ and in different religious sectors and organized religion sects, even on large, small church, whatever, because it threatens the power yeah. structure. That, as a matter of fact, wow. there is a pastor who's been a vocal <laughs> opponent of Trump. And they actually, and he's part of the Southern Baptist leadership. His name is Russell Moore. And some of the things he has said about Trump um, actually almost 
there was a big push to get him out of his role as the leader of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission head. Uh, and it's, that's like the most visible mm. part of the Southern wow. Baptist Convention. They, you know, they're part, they're the part that, that deals with the public the most. And there was actually a huge push to get him out because uh, in the 70s, there, there had been that first movement because they felt like too many liberals were taking over the Southern Baptist mm-hmm. Convention or too many liberal thinking pastors, too many kind of left-leaning pastors were taking over. So there was a huge push to get back to kind of like staunch conservative conservatism. And kind of, so that led for the longest to this, you, you know, these hardcore fire and brimstone types who maybe also supported some level of supremacy. Um uh, because, uh. like I said, since the Southern Baptist Convention started as a break over slavery, and a lot of these pastors you see are the ones who, uh, a lot of the pastors you 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 see are ones who who were supporting Trump are from that Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I believe it was already yeah, that makes sense. Already, You're right. In some way, shape, or form, whether. Um, I be- whether you know, there's no way for us to prove this, but I believe if um, you pay attention to what Trump says and how they always kind of equivocate, I guess I'm using that word properly there for him. Um, then you mm-hmm. can kind of see that they already were okay with embracing some level of supremacy. As a matter of fact, in 2017, there was a pastor from Arkansas named Dwight Mc- McKissick, and he submitted a resolution. That was supposed that that said that the the Southern Baptist Convention needed to denounce white supremacy, uh, denounce the alt right, um, kind of separate themselves from uh-huh. that, that. And when they took it to the floor, uh, for that that move, it was it was that vote to to receive a form, that resolution, excuse me, to receive a formal vote. It was rejected. It was rejected in twenty in twenty seventeen. Just. Oh yeah. Just for them to say, just for them to say, we just denounce, say we, denounce. This, we denounce racism. Yes, they would not. They would not exactly. do it. And you know that that quiet exactly. resistance, that refusal to break break rank, you know that um that supremacist type ideal. I mean, and it's it's rampant within the world. It's rampant within the church. I mean, Bishop, you're a preacher's kid, so I'm sure you've seen this dynamic before. I was a, a female mm-hmm. pastor. So one of the things that's unspoken, you go to a church, you minister, you're going to get an honorarium. Well, you know a lot of preachers, when they go, they make sure they throw in a little bit of something that either browbeats the people on, on behalf of the man of God. You know, you lift mm-hmm. him up a little bit because you're really doing that you're doing that because you really are kind of like securing your gravy train, you know? So the equivalent of that to me was, you know, I could go into a place and as long as I like beat up on the women a little bit and said some stuff the men want to say that's misogynist, mm. oh, they love that. All right, doc, she preaching good. She preaching good, doc. Wow. You know? <laughs> like, you know, wow. um, but the reality yeah, is, you, you know, know wow. I mean, it's a, it's you know, a, I ain't going to say I haven't seen that. Right. It's a sleight of right. hand. It's yeah. a sleight of hand. I know it's it's yeah. a sleight of hand. It's you know, uh, and we say it in different things. You have pastors that'll come in often, and you know, maybe in the mega church, they're talking about vision. God gave a vision to a committed man. Don't be doing this. Don't be gossiping. Don't put your mouth on him. He's this, and we may all form a prayer oh, yeah. circle around him and stuff, and everybody's shouting right. and hollering. But that is a control and, mechanism mm-hmm. for the people. It's yeah. a sleight of and hand. I, and I know you're right because my my mother is the 
is an evangelist and and there are churches uh locally i'll just say they won't have her uh come to speak because you know she's not allowed in the pulpit all these all these policies and, and procedures that really have nothing to do with the word of god is just you know the format you don't like the format is coming out of uh you know and that's a problem you know that's like me going to get uh, uh apple jacks and my kid they don't like apple jacks uh you know uh, uh, the generic kind so i go and take uh, apple jacks box from kellogg's and just take uh the the generic cereal and just pour it in the box and they'll exactly. eat it. you know it's yeah. it's about the, it's about the same yeah. thing but man to, to go back on this topic about trump let me tell you where he sold these people at man i'm gonna tell you straight up and i don't know in which order he did it but you'll always hear pro-life you know, uh, Second Amendment, pro Second Amendment uh, agendas, uh, anti uh, LGBT agendas, uh, and, and as uh, Adrian just pointed out earlier, uh, anti illegal immigration. Yeah. Those, those are his big four. Those are his big four right there. So he sold, man, he sold them on that, man. Straight sold them on it. And, you know, anytime you get to talk about their guns, man. Did, did he? Did he I think he gave them a voice. You know what? I'm going to say. Look, man, they all they already was feeling that way. He just went on and just he just went yeah. on and poured the coke in the in the bottle and put the ice in it for him. You know, it was already it was already yeah. popped up and ready to go. I mean, anytime you start talking about guns, uh, and it's sad, you know. I mean, I, I get it, but some people love guns more than they love their kids, and you know, and and that's crazy. Yeah. And you would think Christians wouldn't, you know, get into that mode. But I'm telling you, the right to bear arms is a strong thing. They and they swore up and down Obama was going to do this. He was going to strip them of their arms. I don't know where that came from. Um, uh, you, you're, you're, Bishop, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that goes back to what I'm saying with people. You know, I think the Bible says we have itchy ears, and we always interpret that as when we want to hear the good things. Well, that happens with everything. Just I'm gonna talk about from as a black woman. One of the issues within the church with black with with uh black folks is misogyny, mm-hmm. right? And why is misogyny an issue? Because when men hear something that says, "Oh, I'm great and wonderful. I'm the head," because it feels good, it blocks them from being able to interpret the other part of that. That there's another part of the head that is like the head is supposed to be doing mm-hmm. this other stuff, but instead. The head is like for for decades. The head is like subjugated, and they the head is controlled and hasn't covered. And I think that same thing has taken place in America, where supremacy is concerned. You know, and it, it probably predates all the way back to slavery, where I have justified my good because I found something that supports it. And so, because I found that one thing that supports it, I really can't hear anything else that doesn't because it's good. And it's justified, and this is how it is. And I don't want to hear anything else that, about it because everything else you're saying ain't supported. We got slavery in the Bible. We got, you know, uh, all these different things in the Bible. And I think, I think that that I, I think again, I think he spoke for people. I don't think he sold them. I think he yeah he he, 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 he brought, brought them out of the woodwork. <laughs> is what they say. Gotcha. It's like a, a friend of mine. So you saying he just he just made a nice little stage for him? 
he saved them. They were tired of all of this civil rights stuff anyway, and these people coming and taking stuff and want something for mm. nothing. And we got to play nice, and we can't hire the best man for the job because we got to hire two of y'all. You know, we did. They did all of that, and they were tired of playing nice. And then he came and he saved them right when you know at a time he was not afraid to say what they felt like they couldn't you know without penalty and I just because I don't think he said anything that was revelatory or new me growing up in in the shadows of supremacy I didn't hear anything from him that I have not heard and the thing is is that he the church if you think about it is the perfect place for like thinly veiled racism you don't have to because it's like a friend of mine says all the time there are a ton of people who don't think something's racist unless they hear the n-word like that's 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 their that's their gauge that's, that's right their, that, that is true racist. but if you think that about is it, true the church is is the perfect place for that thinly veiled racism if you listen to trump and, and then talk to someone who is a, a, a supporter of trump the, the one of their main arguments against us i guess those of us who maybe isn't a supporter of Trump. It's like, what did he say that was racist? That's how they always start. You just think that because he's white or because I'm white. Um, I've had people pull that on yeah. me a lot lately. Is it because I'm white? And I'm like, no, it's because of this that actually is very yeah. racist. Um, but if you think about it, the church is the perfect place to kind of hide that thinly veiled racism. Um, he's got the, the, the amendments, the things that his people uh, stand by are perfect kind of the perfect things you'd want to hide behind if you wanted to say something racist, but you didn't want anyone to catch on to what you were saying that might be racist. Even recently, when he was talking about protests, he, and he started talking about what everything, we're, we're there, we're going to protect your rights. And, and right in the middle of this particular speech, he said, especially those Second Amendment rights, that Second Amendment. And I was like, that is a weird place to, to throw in Second Amendment mm-hmm. rights. But I believe, and this may, I believe that he encourages violence. I believe that in those, when you mention the Second Amendment and you mention the yeah. protesters, that is like a dog whistle. I think, think um, the, the, the things, it is. I think Christianity, or not Christianity, but um, religious speak, you know, we've all been around it. Religious speak is one of those perfect places to hide dog whistles because you can always, um, talk about it under the guise of, of <laughs> sin you know the yeah. really the sin is that's really, so funny that's funny like you said that say my yeah. skin is my sin in this case it can be true you can say mm-hmm. all these things and people will if they're really paying attention mm-hmm. they'll say oh he's talking about black people think about it think about some of the arguments that people use when they talk about one of the things i've been hearing a ton which is oh black people are pro are 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 pro well they're they're always when we talk about pro-life they always say black black lives matter unless they're in the womb because they because their their argument is that black people i've heard this a lot i've heard a ton it really upsets me each time i've seen it (laughs) from christians a lot that black lives matter i've seen this as a matter of fact Mm -hmm. on the person who called me their, their brother in christ once i saw it on his wall first that oh Black Lives Matter is a hate group because black lives don't really matter because black people um, have the most abortions. Now, Trump has created this environment in which statistics 
in which statistics don't really matter because statistics are based in fact. So um, he's created this environment where we get rid of the press or at least we discredit the press. And I, the press has some blame, and that's probably a completely different show because I blame the press. Man, look, man, if it, if it didn't come from Twitter exactly, or Fox, I, no, it didn't I blame, happen. You I know? blame all the press for this age we're in. We'll talk about that on a different show because that'll take us down a different rabbit hole. But, um, like, <laughs> since he's kind of created this environment in which facts don't exist, most of he knows that most of his supporters, since, like y'all have said, he hits them in the fields, so to speak. Exactly, he hits them in a place exactly where they want to be to make them believe something that they already are primed to believe. Um, you can pull up exactly alternative facts, statistics on abortions, state by state, <laughs> yeah. and you can see state by state that the majority of people, except for in Mississippi, I believe, yeah, and Alabama, almost state by state, the majority of people that have abortions are not black and the percentages are are pretty big the the, the difference is pretty big so um, yes he hits them in these places he, you want to talk I about that a little talk bit? No, about no, that. No. go ahead go ahead yeah no go ahead um i'm actually looking for it I, this is just a personal thing that um, I did and what I went through, and I actually can't even think of. I'm looking for the actual. Um, I want to share the quotes out of my email, but a couple years ago, I had put up a video. wasn't even really actually planning to put it up. I, I always record these vlogs on my phone. This one went up. Um, wake oh up one God. day, I literally got death threats inside of my mail my uh inbox and i'm like uh you black b i will stick a fork in the back of your head this is that and the other long story short i had made a video saying that the title was uh abortion doesn't matter black lives do um and i said in the video i said i'm a pastor and i was, I never shed a tear for an unborn baby that i haven't seen i have in fact though shed tears for the babies I drive, that I, the children that can't eat, that this is that and other. It was about a nine-minute video, and I said in there, um, I gave some scripture. I said that, you know, um, how can you love, the Bible says, how can you love your brother who you can't see? Who? How can you love me who you can't see, but you can't love your brother every day? How can you claim to love unborn children, but you won't, you want to shut down the clinic that gives them a glass of milk? You know, I went into some things, mm -hmm. basically what, it was right, Freddie Gray is when it happened right around Freddie Gray um, thing, because that's when they started gaslighting with that Black Lives Don't Matter uh, or unless you abort so many babies. I gave some statistics as well, and I basically encouraged uh, people that were pro-Black Lives Matter to not be swayed by that particular argument because it was false and that it, you know, it, it was false. And so my hook was, you know, Black lives, you know, abortion don't matter. Black lives do. Well, someone had reposted the video oh. to the Tea Party site, and they had reposted. Oh my God! Oh, anything with patriot, a patriot liberty, mm -hmm. or freedom is a race, is so, a hate group. Any group. A patriot is yeah, yes, <laughs> nationalist patriot. It's a cover. If you are a patriot, are you a nationalist? And then oh, um, someone God. from Stormfront had blogged it. So. It was so, the backlash, you know, or what I got from it was so mm. awfully aggressive and scary that, you know, my family was like, 
my mom and them was like, take it down, please. And so, um, and that was, you know, it, it, I felt like it was killing something on the inside of me to yeah, take it down. Because I was like, uh, it's the truth. Right. You know, because, because I'm, you know, I was saying in there that, you know, um, you know, it was a shock value. It was like, okay, you know, I don't know about everyone that's doing this, that's getting an abortion and so on and so forth. I don't know about all those things, but I do know about what's in front of me. And I do see these things. And I, and as a believer and a Christian, how are you not moved? How do you, you know, pick it at an abortion Silent. clinic? Yeah. But then you, and so these same people that were, yeah, these people were cursing me. They were on my YouTube cursing me. They were on my, they came on my Facebook. Inbox. Went, you know, they were yeah. in my uh, inbox um, from the blogs that it had been posted wow. on. And I, somebody put it on Discus too. They were in my inbox. And all of the majority of them were invoking oh, yeah. the name yeah. of Christ to kill me. Wow. <laughs> it was like, um, and the fact that in the Patriots, um, those that were the, the nationalists and patriot um patriots, those men or those profiles that were men, they were the strongest. Like it and and and, and the thing was, it really didn't have a whole lot to do with abortion. It it was just like they came. I didn't sense that they were angry about the abortion. I sensed that I just became yeah. an you were just, target. It, it was an intimidation. Mm-hmm. It was just like mm-hmm. we need to shut up your voice and because so, you're talking about something black. They really are because the same way they say that black lives only matter yeah. outside of the womb to them, the way I look at it, and the, you know, I think a lot of black people see it the same way as is that black lives only matter in the womb, but then they really don't care about us when we get out. Um, as soon as we pop into this world, we are a menace and a threat. Um, as a matter of fact, one of the leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention back in the day, not even that far long ago, he was he was actually uh, one of George Bush's spiritual advisors in like 2012, said uh, had mentioned something about mm. you're more than more likely to be harmed by a black person. Um, some statement to that effect. I forgot the, but it was basically that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Something to that yeah. effect. Um, so, uh, the, I think, uh, what the church can do in, in thinly veiled language and what Trump does all the time in thinly veiled, thinly veiled language is make, uh, black people sound threatening. We sound threatening. We sound evil. So we can be, they, they really don't care about the abortion on our end. As a matter of fact, you know, we have the most, and I know some you know, people look at Planned Parenthood and they say Planned Parenthood does all these things no. for the community, but Planned Parenthood was formed by a virulent racist. Um, Margaret Sanger was a, a racist. She was, a, and, and if you just read some of the things she says about mm-hmm. black people, um, yeah she was she was but you know that we might need to do another show on that because (laughs) i think she was politicized and i actually uh i did a a, a, did some stuff yeah when i was in college before before uh, all of this um and from a feminist perspective (laughs) who wasn't a racist back then so i kind of like um yeah, but but you know, I would love to have that. We need to have that conversation because she was yeah, there were some things that she um that she that she said, but you know, a lot of her stuff was actually uh charity. Planned mm-hmm. Parenthood was charity to the poor Negro women to be merciful to them because prior to that, 
her campaign was actually uh-huh. to women of the KKK. It was to white women. Birth control was a luxury, you know, post-slavery because pre-slavery mm. birth control was your Negro slaves. Post-emancipation, wow. your birth control went away. So, um, yeah, so, th- you know, um, yeah, I would love to have that conversation. I, I, I have that really, conversation. But I tell you, <laughs> you know, and you can't deny yeah. that Planned Parenthood in communities does something. I mean, they got they kept a lot of people out of trouble in college. I know that much. Not because of abortion, but just because of other services they provided. They, you yeah. know, they always had some kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they, they yeah. mm-hmm. prophylactics and all those things. They kept people from, you oh, know, man. having little I mean, little folks running all around these I mean, but towns. that, but, um, just, yeah. Some of the things that that I think that the the religious community does is they will co-sign on it because the language is so easy to 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 manipulate. Like I, I feel like uh, and then, right and then but Agreed. when you right. examine the religious community, yeah. there's blatant racism throughout this particular in this particular time. I'll say I won't say that. Even though, if you look into some of some of the stuff, as a matter of fact, Jerry Falwell Jr. was just in trouble Man. recently for a tweet um, that he was, and several uh, workers at Liberty University quit over a particular tweet. Um, I think that was in 2019, 2018. That happened. It was a pretty racially insensitive tweet. Um, so I believe uh. Ron Carpenter's wife with the church with um that John Gray is pastor and oh, Ron Carpenter's wife I saw that. said some um derogatory things on Facebook, basically told people to um she told people that you don't like the country, you know, you don't want to kneel for the mm-hmm. flag, go back, you know, leave America, go back mm-hmm. to the country. Well they pastor they pastored a predominantly black congregation yeah. and then mm-hmm. obviously that totally hurt people. Um the congregation went down and then all of a sudden once the entity goes down the Lord has told you that John Gray is the pastor, but never mind. You know, that's but, you, but you see, Nikki, that's because, exactly yeah. that's mm-hmm. exactly where I get angry at. You're hurting these lost mm-hmm. souls, you know, or these these needing souls that, that need you to guide them. OK, now, God, you know, supposedly God led you to this church. OK, let's say God mm-hmm. led you to this church. And then, this, you know, these people are doing these things. They hurt you. Like you say, and then all that does is work true, the devil's plan at that point. Leave. Because now you just attack, yeah, you just diminish that person's faith. And when you're diminishing seventeen thousand at a time, okay, let's just say the the number seventeen thousand or more at a time. That's not even counting what's who's streaming your stuff. Uh, that's where I get so angry is because how. Can you be so narcissistic is not even the word I'm looking for, but how can you be so I'm gonna tell you how. Go ahead. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you how because influence yeah. and charisma, when you really have it, no one can check it except you and God. There have been times, you know, like I just told you, like I I mean maybe ministering somewhere and used to do this, and so I throw in a little something you know, to get some, you know, I twist the word or throw or put an emphasis on something for a particular impact. Um, and, you know, I think when people have that gift, a lot of times, abuse of power, mm-hmm. Jim especially Jones. when you're spiritualizing it, like, um, I'm trying to really 
Yeah, you know, if you spiritualize that abuse of power, there have been times like I'll, I'll say it in this framework, not to get too too spiritual, but I gotta say from my own perspective. Let's. There have been times where I've started to flow into the gifts of the spirit, where you know I may start to give someone a prophetic word or, or an insight at the at the altar, and at that moment I can literally see that person. They're practically like crowning me queen right there because I'm speaking something deep into their spirit that they need right then in the moment that's powerful. Now, I can say something to them, one sentence that can twist that admiration and that glory that they already have, twist it on me, and now I have their loyalty in their heart, or I can twist it to where they're looking at God. And here's the thing, no one will know but me and God. Mm. Because everything that I'm saying, is that's part of my gift. My gift is people. I'm always have people heart. I'm going to know what people are thinking. That's part of it. That is something that that is how abuse of power can take place. And when you withhold things from people, um, you know, when you can give them give them everything they need to get in the building, but hide, you know, give them a set of keys, but hide the real lock, mm. you know, um, it that that's that it, it's I think it's it's humanity. It is humanity's desire for power. The church and then I yeah. look, you know, it's humanity's desire for power. That's I mean, you know, that, you know, that I think that that's how that can happen. All it takes for you is to speak to someone. Like right, right, right. But uh, Adrian, you were Adrian, you were saying there was a um, a pastor that was with Trump during that. Uh, I, I don't even know what you really want to call that, but anyway, oh, oh, what he did last that, course, last uh, week, and that was with, that was that was Franklin Graham, uh, Franklin Graham, Franklin Graham, Graham I believe, but and Jeffrey, he sat uh, there. Is like Jeffrey yes, Franklin Graham quoted him. Like, Franklin Graham will pop up every once in a while, but at least maybe yeah, and it could be because right. I'm in Texas. Well, man. Let me tell let me tell you what Franklin Graham said. This, this brother sat there. You were just talking about how these uh, evangelists can sit there and and mislead people through the word and 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 taking things out of context. I mean, he's sat up there and through Hebrews four and twelve and saying, "For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to uh to the division of soul and of spirit and of joints and and of marrow." And discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That's what he saw out of that staged event that he did. Now, that bishop, she said he hadn't even been to yeah, that church said, since the inauguration. So she was like, you know, St. <laughs> John's Church that, that, he, that he posted uh, with that Bible. Didn't even know how to hold it at first. But that <laughs> that's neither yeah, here nor there. Yeah. I mean, he, but yeah, that's my it, thing. He looked, you know, these people, people will say, how can you guys judge that? But he looked, yeah, well, he yeah, he looked the uncomfortable. With the lightning bolt at any moment. And, and like, I, I watched that. Yeah. I remember watching, you know, that whole display. I remember watching, you know, because I'm here. Of course, Jeffress uh, came on right away and, and spoke for him. And, and, and I, it, what's weird to me is that <laughs> I've never... And it took. It, it was one of my my white friends that said this. She was she was like, uh, you know, it's weird. I've never seen anyone taken out of quotes taken out of context unquote as much as as Donald Trump is. You know, there's always somebody's always got to come behind him and explain his actions or his words. And and I'll tell you, right? Thing that really, uh, where I kind of just was like, they've all 
bought into um, the racist aspect of what Donald Trump does and how we talked about the N-word not being, uh, as long as it's not present, as long as he doesn't call us an actual mm-hmm. epithet. Because even when you hear somebody say, go back to your own country if you don't like it, you know, go, you know, leave the country if you don't like what's being said. When he did that to the uh, what, the squad, when he said it to them, there were people, uh, and, and when he said shithole mm-hmm. countries, there were people that were, and that's my one for the day. Uh, mm-hmm. When he said that, when he said, I figured <laughs> I, I, I clear by not sleeping myself. But when he said that, um, that didn't bother people. I actually had people, well, you know, those countries are kind of, you know, but no one mentioned uh, what we've done to Haiti to keep our foot on their neck, you know, uh, because that, because Haiti right. had a very successful yeah. slave rebellion and the the United States did not want American slaves yep. to hear about that rebellion. So it, it's very interesting. But um, Robert Jefferson right. had a tweet. And of course, Donald Trump retweeted it because that's what he does. And he said that if the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, and then uh, he said it will cause. And then I think it, I don't know if Donald Trump included this uh, or, or if he did. But he says this is these are Robert Jefferson's words that aren't in parentheses. If the Democrats are successful in removing the president from office, it will cause a civil war like fracture in this nation from which our which our country will never heal. Now my my you guys understand why it's problematic. Why the civil war? Why and, we and why is that how come a losing president would war. cause a civil yeah. war. We've had presidents lose all the time. It yeah. is a manifest destiny call. <laughs> now, it, it is supremacist group, most supremacist groups, part of what they do, they are predicated in violence and they are predicated in a supremacy and they believe that um, there is a time where they have to fight mm-hmm. for you know, this domination and fight to secure their place as a majority because people are trying to take from them and the ignorance over the years just it's never gone away yeah it is uh it's just gone undercover and um you know there's this there's a thought pattern that at some point we're gonna have to make you know we're gonna have to you know take up our cross and and bear arms and we can't stand for it and um yeah i i think that um yeah I mean, th- this idea of a race war, you know, a lot of times African Americans, yeah. we hear that. And we yeah, we're like, not trying, but we're not war. Ain't nobody, in, you know, know, like, but I, I thought ain't, that was, ain't nobody trying to, yeah. we're really not interested in that, but it always comes up. That's because that's that exactly. underlying preparation exactly. that they've been like doing. That was the most disgusting um, thing a pastor said from the pulpit, knowing that what kind of imagery he's evoking. I, I felt mm-hmm. like. I felt like that was to make a statement like that. Mm. You know, it, could, it may cause a divide in the nation. Okay, you know, some people like them, some people don't. You know, people been divided over policy before. Yada yada. But to say a civil war like fracture, to me, yeah, but man, that was more they, egregious than monkey this up, which I'd never heard before, and nobody can ever make me believe that somebody actually has said that before. Ron DeSantis said it in in reference to Andrew Gillum. You know, all these other racist things to me. That was one of the singularly that was singularly the most racist thing I've ever heard out of a pulpit, I believe. 
um, because it seemed like more than a dog uh, whistle. It sounded like, uh, like like the after work whistle, like the you know, like a storm siren. It wasn't quiet. It wasn't sneaky. It wasn't subversive. <laughs> uh, everybody knows what it is. You know, no, not at all. It was wasn't like, subtle. You know, it, was, it was just like <laughs> civil war. It's like, what do you think about when you think about the civil war? We know what the you know. So, so what do y'all think? What do y'all think these evangelists have in common with them? Because honestly, that's why I feel they flock to him so much. I don't think I, don't, I really don't so much different from him because they both they both they both love money. No, no, no. they, they love both power. love money. I think there's they love point. money. If you look at the large I'm telling congregations, you. How big exactly. I mean, I go to a large church, uh, but if you look at yeah, there's nothing wrong I mean, with a Yeah, I mean, you can go to a large church, but that don't mean yeah. that person has to love money. Right. Well, you have to think about the, the, the rhetoric that has been used with racism. I'm looking at, you know, Stormfront, um, the which was um, yeah. is one of the largest white nationalist groups uh, in America. It is uh, most notable or no- notorious because the founder, who is a felon, or uh, uh he um used the first person that really used the internet to do this and i remember looking on stormfront years ago and how organized it was how much advice they had for white men but here's some of the language on some of the um here here's a uh, something preston wingington from stormfront said beating down a mud who is a non-white person when they try to poison one of our own or when they try to seduce one of our girls may not be god and Fired, but rather a righteous act of collective preservation. Here's some other um, language. This is a from a post from, from Stormfront um, in 2008. Um, critically important concepts of pulling your own weight and not leeching off other parts of society are alien concepts to blacks. They realize that on their own, they'll never have much, so they happily take all the welfare and other handouts they can get they can get even if it makes them parasites here's some words wow. they don't have any qualms about they don't have any qualms about stealing millions of jobs and promotions thanks to racial quotas this is the last government approved racial discrimination program which has gone on for four decades so for this was posted in 2008 so there's someone in 2008 who believes yeah. since 19 19- 68 or 78, which one is it? Since 1968, that blacks have been stealing from them, which is the yeah, exactly. Uh, thou shalt not steal. But there's all... <laughs> you know, wow. so when you, when you, yeah, like Adrian said, this weaponizing of the religious oh, no, language. No, no. I, was, I was listening um, to you, but I was just going to say, go ahead, this, Adrian. Weaponizing the religious language. The complete, like, even then, the complete disregard for statistics, because statistically speaking, Affirmative action, the, the group that benefits the most from affirmative action mm-hmm. is white women. And that's a statistic. That's not, you know, there's there's nothing that you mm-hmm. can't deny yes. that. You can go look it up and it's there. You know what I mean? So even in that statement, it's a complete denial of facts. Even that's right. welfare, the majority of people on welfare are white. You know, that's a statistic. That's not something that we can we have to make up mm. to, to bolster our yeah. point. So even if you look at that, you know, the That's thing true. Donald Trump says, it, it's real easy. If you, like y'all, y'all, y'all both said this at different points in the conversation, if you're already primed and ready to hear it, 
if this is what you want to believe anyway, you're going to you're going to naturally gravitate mm-hmm. towards the message and you're not going to fact check. We fact check because we have so many people on a daily basis. I think all of us, it's safe to say now, have engaged with people on a daily basis. We just throw out the most random. Most Man, you have to. Uh, you have to. Theories, you yeah. know, people who are still talking about President Obama was a Muslim. People who are still talking about uh, he mm. wasn't in the country. He, he wasn't born in the country. People who people who will still yep. quote these, you know, tell yep. you that black people are on welfare and talk about the welfare queen that Ronald Reagan came up with and, and, and uh, you know, the war on drugs yeah. that Nixon uh, instituted strictly to go after hippies and black people. You know, there are people, you know, you have Candace, um, Crispy Ends. I love uh, Owens. Um, uh, I just, I love Crispy Ends. I haven't been saying <laughs> ah, that By the way, y'all have been going in on her, man. Oh, my God. Saying that there was no such thing as oh my God. strategy. But, you know, yeah, I look at... You gotta go in on her. Nikki and I had just kind of in the middle of all this when we were talking about Margaret Sanger. I didn't know those things about Margaret Sanger. Um, and so, uh, and I don't want to be one mm. of the people that looks at, uh, Margaret Sanger, like racists look at the, like racists try to use to argue with you about Democrats versus Republicans. We're always like, so Democrats were the racist party and the, and it's like, no, but yeah, yeah, you yeah. yeah I, ha- I had to dispel that party. earlier oh, never today. Well, okay. If we're just going to, yep. I mean, they nothing, they don't know anything about Dixiecrats, none of that. Yeah, you know. No. So, yeah, yeah. So wow. Here's some hate crime facts in the um Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, I, I can't. I I don't know the actual publication publication of this one that led to this, but well, the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, has said that um the majority of hate crimes are done by supremacist groups and in the name of this, you know, righteousness or manifest destiny. But, you know, the some of the hate crime facts in uh, of the hate crime supported to the FBI that are racially motivated, 66.4% of them are motivated by anti-black bias. Wow. 20%, 21.4% are stemmed from anti-white bias. Out of the identified perpetrators, Fifty-two point four percent of the criminals were white. Twenty-four percent of these criminals were black. Uh, hate crimes uh, against Hispanics have tripled mm. in the last decade. I'm sorry. Hate crimes have remained stable over the last two decades, with the exception of them tripling okay. against Hispanics in the last four Makes years, doubling sense. against Muslims and Islamists. Well, this is just from the FBI. Yeah, the Bureau of Justice Statistics does an annual survey of hate crime victims. They actually go out and they get data from the public. They take uh, note of what the victims believe the uh, attacks to be, and ninety-seven um, percent of the hate crimes are violent, and the victims have suffered "quote unquote" overkill. Mm. Me, you know, not not just we shot you or we beat you, mm-hmm. but we beat you, drug you to a pulp. This is never on the news. You always hear black on black crime, but you never hear of the actual hate crime stats. And then of course the 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 you have some additional factors when you throw in additional bias categories. So the top three categories, race, 
48.5%, sexual orientation, 20.8%, and religion, 17%. So, um, wow. Yeah. And then, um, and also they say that you can arguably add um, ethnicity because a lot of the hate criminals don't understand the difference between ethnicity and race. So technically ethnicity is like 12% and you really could add that to the 48.5 just depending on what's going on. So, you know, those are the actual stats and like, you know, again, there's something to be said when you have people committing hate crimes that believe this to be right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That believe this, that, that, and I, I think you just can't separate Somewhere along the, the way, we know in history, Hitler, lots of people that were in supremacist organizations, the Klan, they claimed, uh, you know, superiority and 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 that what they yeah, were they doing, did. yes, they did, was what God wanted. They believed it was righteous, and so right, we have to conclude, even though the laws changed, clearly your theology didn't. I mean, because but, it's still here. But Donald, Donald, you know, he 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 acts as a uh, a Zionist mm. and, and and a Christian Zionist. He, and he's a, exactly. the son of a son Klansman. and grandson of a, Klansman. Son of a Klansman. Exactly. I mean, you know, and and they worship. I mean, that's it. Yes, they worship this man. It's like a cult. Okay, it really mm. is. It's it's like a cult. And and when you start speaking war. I'm gonna tell you that's another one uh, that these, uh, yeah. especially Southern Baptists, they get down with that, bro. Yeah. I mean, th- th- yeah, they like to fight. I mean, they like they like war. War. I mean, war makes money, and 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 it dang sure boosts the uh, morale. And, and and boy, I tell you, because Americans, you know, you you start mentioning guns and war, oh, yeah. and they just. Get we geared are, up for that. that, and that's what, yeah, and that's, do. and that's why these evangelists are favoring him, because they're a lot like him. When you yeah. think about it, in in these ways, they don't like Muslims. They're against Muslims. So is he. I mean, so I mean, this is the this is the draw. But he's so. Once again, I say so. You say it was already in him. I'm not going to argue that at all. Uh, but I mean. Here's what he gave them, and they and they and they liked it, and they ran with it. That pro-life, uh, uh, Second Amendment, you know, uh, you know, uh, illegal immigrants, and man, now don't get me started. I don't want to talk about his wife, she got but I mean, man, how can you sit there? Yeah, I mean, her dad too. Same thing. So I mean, you know, you got all this going on. Uh, Guys, you know, I hate to wrap this up because I, you know, I know we're going to do a part two, but uh, we're definitely going to come back on this uh, because we got November uh, 3rd and November 4th coming uh, very soon. And we need to talk about the amplifications uh, that can come out of this. Now, whether he he's ousted (laughs) after this or in 2025. Um, you know, I don't know the future, but I definitely know that we need to give these people the facts. Now, it's not going to matter to the to the people that that want to follow a cult. You know, Jim Jones people. I mean, they they drank yeah. the Kool Aid whether it was purple or red. It didn't matter. 
you know. They were already there. They, yeah. they were already done because in the mind, as Nikki pointed out earlier, in, in the mind, in that person's mind and in their eyes, she saw it. You know, this person can is either going to follow me or they're going to follow Christ, you know. And, and, and But when you're an evangelist, preacher, uh, pastor, you got to remember you were called to be the vessel. Okay. You were called to be, you know, the shepherd. You weren't called to be the master. I mean, because that's not, you know, that's not your calling. That's well, not your then, place. You know, Bishop, that's a whole nother conversation because yeah. you really got to ask about whether or not people are called or Woo. who's allowed them to do it. Yeah. I really think that there are a lot of people. Yeah. On really that note, I'm going to need a drink, Nikki. Yeah. <laughs> They're in the wrong, yeah. They're in the wrong department. Like you're supposed to be in the kingdom, but you're not in that department. You gotta, we gotta switch departments. Everybody keeps going to the same departments, and we'll have the, you know. And like Adrian said, they just use they using these they using these quick scripts that people fall 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 for. They don't read the whole thing. That's just like with this coronavirus. They were talking about, you know, being of uh, uh not not being fearful. And and but the scriptures didn't about just say smart. not being fearful. Yeah. It was also talking about being of sound mind, being of sound mind. And they, I was seeing so many memes just talking about don't be a fear. I'm not gonna fear. No, that's that's fine. Right? Okay. Be be cautious. You don't have to be scared. But you can be, I mean, be cautious, you know, so, uh, but anyway, I didn't mean to take it over, but yeah, we're going to definitely come back for all of our listeners. Uh, we're definitely going to come back uh, a little stronger on this because this next one is going to be fire that I, I can tell you that we, we, we basically um, primed the pump here and, uh, and we're definitely going to get on some more topics about this because again, it's crucial that people understand what you're giving yourself to and what 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 uh, you're giving yourself as far as energies to. I mean, it can either be positive or negative experience. And, you know, I'm sure anybody in their right mind don't want to follow something that's going to, you know, d- destroy them. Uh, so anyway, Nikki, I really appreciate uh, once again your energy tonight. Uh, Adrian, as yeah, always, I appreciate your energy as well, because uh, both of you are very insightful. Yeah, that's and the hope. eventually we're going to get Dwayne on, eventually. Because um, <laughs> I know I know he can bring it on this, on this next go. Matter of fact, we're going to hammer him down because I think he can be a, a big uh, asset on this, on this next uh, podcast. But we want to thank yeah. you for listening to uh, the Strange Fruit Podcast. Uh, and thank you for your time and your energies. If you uh, like what you've heard, uh, want to share it, be, feel free to, to share that. We're on all these different podcasts. Spotify uh, is, is the main one, but uh, Google um, and many others. <laughs> so, we're, we, you know, we're going to be on Apple uh, very soon. I'm, I'm working with them right now. So uh, just bear with us on that. All and right. we thank you all for listening. Y'all have a good night. Bishop, you too. All All right, right. guys. Bye-bye.